February 5th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kama on at the very top of the Amud where we begin with the new Mishnah. The Mishnah, uh, just a word of warning, although I introduced it on Friday that it's going to set forth the simple laws with regards to how to pay back. It's anything but simple in terms of its articulation. Every word in it will be somewhat cryptic and mysterious to decipher. We'll need the Gemara for all of that. If you even just glance at the left-hand side, just five, six lines from the top, Rashi writes, Kulam matnitin mefaresh ba-gemara. Those are his only words on the Mishnah. The entire Mishnah will be interpreted in the Gemara because the Mishnah, as it stands on its own, is difficult to understand. But let's read what the Mishnah does say. It says, Shum kesef. First and foremost, it says that the evaluation is a monetary evaluation with regards to paying back when a person caused damage to another. We'll have to figure out as opposed to what. It's going to be in terms of the mode or the mechanism of payback. It's going to be something having to do with value of money. Well, we know from the first Mishnah, is what the Torah describes, highest value of land. What are those words referring to? Next, it says, Bifne betin, the matter needs to be, sounds like, settled or determined in front of betin. Ve'alpi edim, this part perhaps is the easiest, and by means of witnesses, who of course can testify about what the damage was, these witnesses, there are certain qualifications, which are the general ones, in addition to others. Bene horin, first and foremost, they can't be slaves. Slaves are invalidated from testifying. And bene berit, they need to be uh, Jewish. They need to be a part of Am Yisrael in order to be kosher witnesses. Vehanashim bichlal hanezik. And uh, a second to last law says the Mishnah, women are a part of this parasha, these laws known as nezik, which means to say if they cause damage, it sounds like, or if damage is caused to them, they're liable and receive, depending on which side of the uh, damage they are. They are, to a certain extent, equivalent to men in this respect. The Gemara and Masechet Kiddushin on Daf Lamedalid, or so Daf Lamedhe, the Gemara over there is Doresh, from the Pesukim at the beginning of Ve'ele HaMishpatim, this coming week's parasha, this concept. But concludes the Mishnah and says, Ve'hanizak ve'hamazik b'tashlumin, another cryptic, mysterious law. It says that sometimes with regards to payment, although we'd say the damager, the mazik is the one who pays, sometimes the nizak also is involved, the one who got damaged. In other words, somehow, in some circumstances, there's going to be a certain deflection of payment. Uh, you don't pay back the full amount because the nizak takes a person who got damaged, takes on a certain role and responsibility in it. Again, each one of basically all the words of the Mishnah need to be interpreted. Why? I mean, like, why is finding this so cryptic? I just don't know what any of the words mean. The way you explained it all. Oh, okay, so it was clear to you. Give it a second. In other words, uh, just... It involves the payment. Both people, in other words, you're not sending out to a third party. It's got to be Jewish people. It's got to, it's like oh, the last one specifically. Okay. Women is easy. Witnesses is easy. What is the... Let's start with the first one. That's right. Let's start with the first one. Well, that's a good question. What's the, what's the status of a wife? But we didn't address that here. It's a separate Mishnah. It's got to be something with money. All right, so let, let, give the Gemara a chance. Give the Gemara a chance. First, begins the Gemara, and it says, quite simply, my, what did it mean when the Mishnah said, Shum Kesef? Again, Shum, 
uh, means to evaluate. Shuma means an evaluation. What did it mean when the Mishnah used those words, Shum Kesef? Now, if, uh, if, you weren't, if you were convinced by Jeffrey, all right, so then I, I don't know what to tell you. But if you're convinced by me that it's cryptic, the Gemara in its answer will only get a little bit more mysterious because there'll be two ways to read this answer in the Gemara. We'll uh, hopefully uh, spend time on a mahloket, a dispute between Rashi and Tosafot. Says the Gemara, Amara Yehuda, Shum Zeh, this evaluation, Lo Yehe Ela Bekesef. So far, uh, somewhat clear. The evaluation is determined by you then, as the damager, paying back. Nothing more and nothing less. It means that you have to pay back. Uh, what did that mean? Of course you need to pay back. Tanina leha de rabanan. It means that, the way Rashi interprets these words often in the Gemara, Rashi on the left hand side, Tanina bematnitin, our Mishnah is teaching leha de rabanan beberaita. Our Mishnah would ironically support the words of the beraita we're about to read. But Aita, of course, is composed around, if not at the exact same time as the Mishnah. And sometimes the Beraita will be a little bit more explicit than the Mishnah. And we'll look at the Beraita and we'll wonder, yeah, you think that's binding? You think that's a certain uh, statement in the Beraita? When the Gemara uses these words and says, Tanina lehad de tanu rabbanan, it's saying that Beraita you should know is a binding. It's a good one, uh, based on the fact that we can support it from our Mishnah. And we can derive from, well, the fact that we understand the Mishnah this way, that the words we're about to read in the Beraita are ikar. They are binding. They are foundational. Well, what does the Beraita say? The Beraita has the following words. Again, Tanina, our Mishnah, would be teaching and would be a support for the concept found more explicitly in the Beraita, lehad de tanura banan, for the following teaching of the rabbis in the Beraita. Para shehizika talit. If a uh, bull damages a uh, garment, vitalit shehizika para, and a garment and or, I will say at this point, and or a garment uh, damages a bull. Uh, is it the same bull, the same garment? Are we Not clear. En omrim tese para betalit vetalit bepara. The words of the Beraitar, we don't say that um, in either one of those two cases, we're going to read it initially like that, according to Rashi, you don't say that the payback is by means of the item. I still don't know exactly what that means. Ela, rather, we'll read the punchline and then delve into Rashi. Shamin otah bedamim. Rather, the final words are somewhat easy. We take each case and we look at what damage was incurred, and as a result, an evaluation will determine what's your bottom line. That and only that. No transfer, no trade, nothing of that sort. The way damages are determined and dealt with in Jewish law, says our Mishnah, and the Beraita is with evaluating the damage and that being the payment. What would you have thought? What are these words? What are we describing? Well, let's initially take a look at Rashi. Rashi on the left-hand side where he says, Para shehezika talit. Uh, Rashi will determine for us how and what uh, we're talking about with regards to the bull damaging a garment. The case is quite simply, the bull enters into a, a person's property and tramples their garment. That's what we call 
regel. In other words, it needs to be bahasar hanizak. We spent enough time on that to already be familiar with the concept. Regel, trampling someone else's property, is going to have to take place in terms of liability on their property. Then the Rashi continues and he says, Vitalit. And you see that little aleph next to the word Vitalit? That little aleph leads you there, at least in mind, the left hand side where it says Hagahot Habah. Bah stands for Bait Hadash. This is written by a Polish commentator in the 17th century. His name is Rabio El Sirkish. He, uh, instead of having the word Vitalit, he says, in other words, that word oh makes a big difference. Hang tight. It means we're talking about two separate cases. What's two separate? Well, let's see. Oh, give it a second. I, I got to develop this for you properly. Oh, talit shehezika para Or, altogether different case. Or, altogether different case. Again, case number one, Rashi is, po- is painting for us, and we're reading it with Hagahot Abach. It goes as follows. My animal enters onto your land and tramples your garment, which was hanging out in the yard or on the floor. Case number one. Case number two, we could do it me again to you. Uh, case number two is uh, my uh, garment is out in public area. Your bull has the right to pass by. It bangs into, it slips on, whatever it does on my garment, and my garment hurts your animal. Those are two completely different cases, not connected one to the other. We can even say it was altogether different people. The Beraita is not defining two cases interlinked, it's two separate cases, one in one domain, the other one in another domain. The example in Rashut Tarabim in public thoroughfare would be the bull is passing by and it trips, slips on something that was on the floor. All right, so again, uh, just to paint this clearly, I put on the board in front of you two separate cases. I paint on one side, literally. I draw on one side a bull uh, going onto someone's property and uh, trampling on the uh, garment. I'm saying, uh, I put a dollar sign on top of that, needs to pay. And I put on the other side a bull in a public area getting hurt itself. Uh, not much of a strong bull, but the bull trips on, uh, on, on a garment out in a public area. What do we call that? Bor. That's a case of uh, a pit, even though it's not an actual pit, it's a garment, causes it damage. En omrim, here's the hidush. en omrim tese para betalit, yitol et para shehezika talito, velotehen nishomet, elahen haser vehen yoter yitelena. What would you, what you would have perhaps thought to say was, again, each one of our cases. Case number one, since your bull, my bull, entered onto your property and damaged your garment, say, no problem. Here's the halakha. Give me the bull. What are you talking about? Uh, you were hanging uh, some rags. Uh, those are worth $5. My bull's worth $5,000. Sorry, it damaged. Maybe you would have. Uh, that's a crazy thought. You would have said in such a situation, give me the bull. That's the hidush. It doesn't work that way. And so too in Rashut Tarabim. In, in, in the opposite case, if my bull trips on 
your garment, and maybe you had uh, one of uh, the types of carpets my grandpa used to sell. I had a very valuable several thousand dollar carpet out in the Shuterabim, and uh, my, it wasn't a bull, it was a, a dog. Uh, the dog's worth a couple hundred dollars, the garment's worth several thousand, the carpet's worth several thousand dollars. You hurt my animal, you damage my animal, give me the carpet, I want the carpet. It's not the halacha, ela shamin ota bedamin, shamin hanizakim bekesef, lufima sheizik et havero yeshalem, rather you pay exactly as was uh, damaged. What's that? It's not the so, uh, hang tight. Um, I, what what um, Jared is altogether a different issue, although it will become part of our issue very quickly. We were never talking about Kerim here. In Rashi, we're talking about Regel and Bor. What, what Jared is referring to is the Pasuk in the Torah says, if a short time, it's, it's only a short time, it's quite the opposite of what you said. If a short time, if an animal in the first three times gores, the halacha is that you, quote, take the animal. We don't know exactly what those words mean. We're actually going to address that now in Tosafot for a bit, uh, based on a mahlok later on, Daflamid Gima. But at this point, that has no bearing on us. Uh, we weren't even referring to that pasuk in the Torah. We're just referring to, I can't even tell you why you would have thought this. I really don't know why you would have thought this. But the Beraita, according to Rashi, is telling you, don't imagine, don't believe, don't accept that. You damaged, give me your item. So it almost sounds like a penalty. You shouldn't have had your item there. I get your item. Yeah, I guess... I guess we do this in the classroom, in the school. You know, the student did something, I don't, but you know, you take it away. Uh, well, that's much more harm to me. All I was doing was playing on my phone in your classroom. I lost my phone for the whole day. And I was, uh, that's right, you penalized for it. Maybe something along those lines. That's what the Beraita says not to do. That's what the Beraita tells us is not the halacha. That's the reading of the Beraita according to Rashi. Now, uh, before we address Tosafot's questions on Rashi, you have to understand uh, Tosafot, uh, this is what makes things a little complicated, had a different version of Rashi in front of them. Uh, now, even though they had a different version, and we'll read their questions on Rashi and their approach to this matter, they still, even in the punchline, they still will maintain a Rashi, but not fully Rashi approach. Uh, let's see what, what I mean by that. If you take a look, go ahead. If a person did not have the money, absolutely, of course, they'd have to sell the animal, but then pay with money, or, or, pay, or pay with the animal and, and, and transfer the, uh, the funds, you know, the, the excess, the extra. Right. Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, maybe you would have thought that the metav is in some way, I don't know, it's a good question, I don't know, that the metav is fulfilled and the shavekes if it's fulfilled ideally through the mazik, through the mechanism which damaged, the hidush is not that way. I, I hear what you're saying. In other words, we kind of already established you're paying independently when we're talking about evaluating land. Uh, Okay, that's not what Rashi is saying. That, now, Tosafot will begin, Tosafot will begin with a, what Jared just suggested. And the truth is, those parentheses, at the, the words we just passed, that we skipped at the end of Rashi, seem to suggest something along these lines. They're just hard to understand in lieu of all the words he wrote until now. And that is, as Jared just mentioned, that maybe there's another way of analyzing this Gemara. Keep in mind, we mentioned two cases. I very clearly, I hope, mentioned that I put these on two sides of the board. Now I'm going to put them in the middle of the board. I'm going to say that it's the exact same animal or, or the same owners. In other words, my animal in the same moment 
as damaging the talit gets damaged itself. One more time. It's not that uh, one case and second case. It's all one case. If you read the words of the Beraita, it could go this way. Parashi zika talit, vitalit she zika para. There's, so to speak, a fight between the bull and the uh, talit. Uh, let's, let's imagine this one. I mean, before we read in Tosafot, they get tangled one and the other. The bull ends up getting hurt and the talit ends up getting damaged. What's Allah in such a certain? Now, according to Tosafot, that's what Rashi was dealing with. And what Rashi was dealing with was it all took place in one case, in one situation, and you don't say in such a circumstance, well, something. Well, let's see. Tosafot on the right hand side says, Piresh ha kuntres. Again, their version, kuntres, means the notebook. It's a reference to Rashi. Sheheziku ze That they damaged one the other. That's, those are the key words already. It means it happened at the same time. These two cases are really one. According to Rashi, that the way this gets evaluated is we don't in some way transfer. We don't say, give me your talit, I'll give you my bull, you take... None of that. We rather make an evaluation how much damage got caused to each and you pay uh, the difference. Uh, I cost you 100, you cost me 75, I pay you $25. says Tosafot, I have difficulties with, again, that version of interpretation. Number one, The case when I'm dealing with the animal damaging the, uh, the garment needs to be one of two cases. It's either in terms of our avot uh, nezikim, which we're already hopefully somewhat familiar with. It's either kerin, which means it was kavanato lehazik. It uh, ran at and gored, uh, I don't know, some sort of tapestry, which was a laundry line. It ran at it with intention, good. Or it trampled it, just in a regular tramping way, a trampling way. Those are the, the two types of damage we might be dealing with, good. Vitalice hezika para, and uh, when a, a garment in some way damages a, uh, a animal, the only thing we could come up to is, come up with is, that's the only case. It needs to be something that's stationary, and it needs to be uh, a board. That's the halal. Indeed. So, so as opposed to, says, says Jared, as opposed to, let's just be clear about this, even though Tosafot didn't spell that out yet, it says, bor is in a shutarabim, it's in a public thoroughfare. If you brought your dog onto my property and it fell into a pit on my property, I said, well, I'm not paying for that. That's on my property. You cannot. I have a difficulty because it's impossible in their mind to establish the case as a kerin now taking place in Reshut Rabim, um, in, in Reshut Rabim. That principle is and this is going with the opinion of Rav as opposed to Shemuel over there, as we'll see, but uh, the halakha is kolem vishina, which means to say, if you did something negligent, and I in turn come and cause something negligent to you, I'm exempt. And as a result, the suggestion is, if this is all taking place in one case, bor is in Rashut Rabim, you left your garment out on the street, and my bull comes by and tramples on it, or gores it, or whatever it does to, gores it, because that's the only way I'll be 
be liable, I won't be liable. Why won't I be liable? So I say that you built the board. Well, let's do it in a board case. You, de- you dug your board. My animal in falling into your board damages your board as well. A regular case, you dug a pit out in public thoroughfare. My animal damages your pit knowingly, purposefully, with kidin in Rishut Am I liable for that? It comes up and starts kicking at your board. In such a circumstance, which means to say, again, just to state it clearly, Tosafot can't conjure up a one case over here, right? They, now, Maybe the cases, as we suggested in Rashi, well, but a little bit differently, it's one case, but disconnected. What do I mean one case disconnected? As follows, I am taking a walk with my, uh, with my dog onto your property. Onto your property, it goes onto your property, and what does it do on your property? It damages your, uh, your laundry on your property. Now, while you were drying your laundry on your property, which I damaged on your property, you also left some in front of your house, out on uh, Avenue U. I take my dog on Avenue U as well, and then afterwards, it slips on your thing on Avenue U. Well, maybe that's the case. Again, it's the same players. In Rashi, I translated it as two separate cases, purposefully. And says to myself, maybe it's the same players, but disconnected cases. It's not all on one property, it's in two separate properties. Says to to this, and this is what I was alluding to in Rashi, is that really a chidush? Again, the halacha is, in such a circumstance, says, says says Tosafot in understanding Rashi. Sorry if it's getting complicated before we hit the punchline over here. So the concept goes like this. We had, uh, we're leaving the words of Rashi as we read them aside for a moment, we had one suggestion. We are coupling these cases together. We're reading them all as one case. That's Tosafot, I can't read them all as one case. I'll tell you why I can't read them all as one case. Because I can't find a case where I'll have, I'll have liability to both as a potential even. Because if it all takes place in Rishut Arbim, if it all play, takes place in the public thoroughfare, in such a circumstance, I'm going to at most have kid in with regards to the animal that it knowingly and purposefully damaged your garment while also getting damaged, the fact that you left your garment out there exempts the person uh, whose animal gored it. That can't be the case. Uh, maybe the case is my animal entered into your property. I damaged your property and then comes into the public area where you left your item as well. And then it gets damaged, says Tosafot. It's clear in such a case. We have an explicit Mishnah later on on Daflamid Gimal, which tells us in such a situation, evaluate and determine. Uh, I cost 100, you cost 75, you, I owe you $25. In the public space, if you're in a public market, yes. why you with the pit as opposed to the Talet and the The Talet is a pit. Not the I'm saying, let's say, let's say I have it, it, it's the nezik of what's it on? It's a toilet. Let's say you were in a, you know, in marketplace. Yes. And you're hanging clothes. Good. And then the animal walks through. Not, not that you're not bringing anything in danger. The animal didn't intentionally look to damage the thing. If it didn't intentionally plan on doing it, it's not kidding. If it didn't intentionally plan on doing it, it's regal. And regal and shutarabim is patur. So you need to come up with, you know, that's... You can't compare a garment to a hole. Why not? Because a hole is something that you did and an animal can get... Garment you left out in a negligent fashion and my animal twisted up and turned its leg on it. 
And then the garment, the person of the garment would be liable? Yeah. No, the animals, the plastic, the plastic, it's the same thing. No, Alright, anyway, it says that says Akati Matnitin Hile Kaman, it's still a Mishnah explicitly in Perekamaniah, Sheneshevarim Tamim Shahaluze Bizem Mishalmin Bamotar, Hatinezek Muadim Mishalmin Bamotan Ezek Shalim. In other words, says Tosafot's explicit Mishnah later on and Daflamit Gimal, which spells out for us that you pay the difference. That's the Hidushi of the Biraitav our Mishnah. Can't be Vieshlama. Suggest us avot de Tane the Hadar Mefaresh. So the first answer of Tosafot is indeed this Mishnah, as we suggested already in the Gemara, and the last Mishnah begins the case. It gave you a cryptic description of what's it called, Shum Kesef. And the Mishnah later on, the Avlamit Gimal, explains what it means. Not the easiest answer, especially when the Gemara doesn't say it. That Rabbeinu Tam mefaresh, Rabbeinu Tam therefore will revert to the Rashi that we have in front of us approach, but he'll tweak it. Instead of the Rashi approach that we have in front of us, which still is somewhat simple, you pay the difference, you don't, it's nothing I didn't know. Tosafot will quote from Rabbeinu Tam, there's a Hidush, one more time. What's the Rashi approach? Two separate cases. What are the two separate cases? My animal enters onto your land, damages your item. Separate case, your animal, my animal, someone else, or whatever, gets damaged by a garment in Shuta Rabim. Each one of these cases have a hidush in the respect that you wouldn't have known that we just evaluated and you pay a normal a financial obligation. It rather would have thought perhaps something different. What's that? Uh, they give an example of where the vav. The vav, when I say ve, and I say in, in Hebrew, a vav could either be another case or it could be the same case, right? A vav, uh, we have an example, we already quoted this earlier in our Masechet, where the Mishnah Masechet Yevamot uses it in a fashion as it's a different, it's or. Okay, but what does it mean? He says it's superfluous, it's unnecessary to teach me that again, my animal got damaged by your talit, give me the talit. Well, what are you talking about? Your talit got animal, got, got damaged by my animal, give me the animal. That's all, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. First and foremost, when my animal gets damaged by your garment, there's no hava amina. We never would have thought that you give me the item because you never take the item from another person. Jared's point. There's one case where we could maybe think about taking the item from another person. What's that one case? Furthermore, that's that Mishnah. So again, let's map this out before we hit the punchline in the Benutam. Rashi interpreted the Gemara two separate cases, but we had a difficulty. Our difficulty is we couldn't understand the novelty. What's it coming to teach me that if my animal damages your garment, you don't take my animal. Of course you don't take my animal. If your garment damages my animal, I, I don't get to take your garment. Of course I don't get to. That's the question on Rashi. Tosafot suggested maybe it's all one large case. Two, three questions on that. A suggested answer. 
Tosafot goes back to the Rashi as we have an approach. Two separate cases. Okay, two separate cases, but I you told me, of course, goes like this. There is, as I mentioned, the Pasuk in the Torah that says, if my animal gores your animal, you get to the Torah says, take my animal. It sounds like you actually take my animal. You take my animal, you take my animal. I have to pay you from the flesh of my animal, more specifically, is the Lashon of the Pasuk. What does that mean? It means you literally, my animal gored, give me your animal, that's called yuchlat tashor. Or does it mean, go ahead. Or does it mean, as Charles says, and alluding to ayin tahatayin, you're not taking the actual flesh, you're evaluating based on the flesh of your animal, meaning your shortam damaged my shor. I can take only half of the value of your animal. So the Hidush over here is an out of left field Hidush. Don't interpret that Pasuk in Halakha in the Torah like Rabbi Akiva who says you actually take the animal. Rather, what does our Mishnah say? You take money. Ain Tahatain, like Charles said, you take money like Rabbi Ishmael. Our Mishnah is coming to tell you. Case number one that we read in the Beraita, where my animal goes on to, however, damages your garment, Kirin, whether in Rishut Rabim or in Rishut Yahid, Kirin going to be liable in both cases, Kavanala Hazik, intention to damage, and now you say to her, okay, Rabbi, you caused this damage, uh, pay up, um, I think I'm going to take that animal, I'll pay the dividend, I'm sure it's worth more than my garment, I'll pay you whatever, no, you're not allowed to touch my animal, why are you not allowed to touch my animal? Uh, Torah says so, we follow the opinion of Bishmael, it means value as opposed to actual animal. That's the first, that's to a certain. In the case, we have a case that we got the animal pulling the pit, and then you have to pull it out, and you pay for the pulling out. Right. But because you're taking the actual animal to that point, no? In such a circumstance, that's a carcass of an animal, which is dead. gone. The animal is dead. And, and, and there, the Torah explicitly says, V'hashor lo. Over here, the lashon of the Torah is that you're paying from the flesh of the animals. What does it mean, paying from flesh? That's, that's what we're going to see. It's a dispute in short time. No, it's not poor. It's short time. It's kere. This is kere. Right, right, right. No, no, no. So this is kere. And again, the, this case was my animal came onto your property or in public thoroughfare, gored, tore up your garment. That's the case. Now, what do you get to take? The Torah says you get to take the animal, it sounds like. It says it'll be Shmael. It's not what it means. It says that, but I thought it's not what it means. You take the value or half of the value of what I caused in terms of damage, and it can't be more than the value of my animal which damaged you. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. But we have one more case we need to explain. Yes, Chuck? What's the difference if it's two cases or one case? If the bottom line is the value is value, meaning you're translating it to value, it's a currency. This is number one. You wouldn't have known this. And well, you, you would have said, yeah, you're paying the value, nothing more, nothing less. But how do I collect the value? I would have said, according to this. In other words, we thought if you've made it one scenario, we thought you might be able to say there's more of a novelty. We're trying to figure out what's the hidush. Maybe it's an even wash. Maybe that's what we would have said. Something along those lines says uh, Tosafot inconceivable. We know, we know you don't do such a thing. We know that you determine. Right. It doesn't even need to be one instance. It yeah, yeah. Even be two yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's short time. You're paying half, but you don't grab my animal in order to collect your half. I pay you the money. Correct. 
of course, of course. Okay, now. You lose out. That's the Hidush of Shotam. I'm not penalized to that extent. Uh, so we, we, the emphasis is on how you collect. It's 100%. Now, maybe 100%. You're Mr. Tosafot, i got to tell you. Anyway, that's the first thing here in Tosafot. So that only addressed one of the two cases in the Beraita, though. The Beraita, if you recall, talked about an animal which damaged a garment and a garment which damaged an animal. So we just determined that when the animal damages the garment, the Hidushas don't grab the actual animal, pay the value. Followed by Ishmael, not a Biakiva. What about when the garment damaged the animal? What was the example? It slipped on it. It got twisted up and it's something of that sort. Uh, what's the hidush over there? What's the novelty that you pay and you don't take? You never would have taken. You don't take a garment. You only take an animal, potentially, according to the Biakiva. What's the case? It's a very interesting case. It's a little bit uh, uh, tedious and detailed. It goes like this. The situation suggests Tosafot, and you understand the difficulty of Tosafot themselves. They have to inject a lot of details that are not apparent in the text of the Gemara. They say the case must be um, that we're dealing with descendants. It was a person who damaged with his garment another person's animal. The person passes away. Now, in such a situation, we already learned earlier in Amasechet, the descendants, the heirs, only collect from land. That's the halakha, they only collect from land. But there's nothing else to collect from, there is no land. So I knock on the door of these people, the father passed away, I said, the father passed away, he didn't leave us any land. I was like, he didn't leave you any land, no problem. But what about that garment over there? That's the garment which, which hurt my animal. Let me take that item. I said, no sir. Oh, no, sir, I want to take that. If your father was alive and, as, uh, as Alan said more than once, you have nothing else to pay from, or, or even if you do, I could grab that. We'll see that in a moment in the Gemara. I could grab that and take that as my payment. I could determine I want that as the payment. So now that your father passed away, he didn't leave you any land, the whole purpose of me collecting from the land is to help me. I'm going to lose out over here? I'm going to be penalized in such a circumstance. Says the Tosafot onward, it says, V'talit bepara atala ashmeinan, it's come to teach us, Delog gaveh, that you don't collect, miyatme from the orphans, in other words, from someone who their father died, delasal kada'atach, that you should not think to say, deligveh afalgav demetaltele diatme la mishta'abdeh, even though in general the metaltelin, the objects of, uh, of orphans, quote-unquote, in other words, if their father passed away, don't get collected from, demashamra Torah min ha'aliyah, the fact that the Torah says, I collect from highest value, meaning from land, zeoliyafot kohoshel nizak, that's only to help me as the person who got damaged. Because after all, if whatever you damaged me with, I could make the claim it's not worth it. I'll collect from the highest quality land. But now in this situation, I have my, uh, my hands tied. I'll say, I have in this situation, in this situation, maybe I would revert back to saying, I get to collect from the object which damaged. After all, if your father was alive, I would have that option. The Hidushas, as Alan said, were also helping the orphans. The orphans, we don't want them. We don't want to protect us. On the one hand, I got protected from the Torah with regards to payback that I take from highest quality, and you don't get to push me off in any way. I go to the highest quality land. On the other hand, we're protecting the orphans. What happens in this situation? In this situation, we keep it status quo. You come to collect from the orphans and say, where's... I so said, we, we don't have any land. You don't have any land. I'm going to take from the item. 
after all, the Torah was trying to help me as the damaged one, they say, but the Torah is also helping us as orphans. It means that the Hidush of the Gemara then, of this Beraita, according to Tosafot, is such that to altogether different cases. The case where the animal gored the, or trampled on the garment, and the Hidush is that you don't actually take the animal, out of left field, it's telling us, go like Rabbi Ishmael. And the Hidush by the garment which damaged the animal is telling you, don't let them take, don't let the person who got damaged from orphans, where do orphans come from? From orphans, from the item which damaged. Well, of course they don't collect. Maybe you would have said, in this situation, since there's nothing else to collect from, and after all, the whole idea that I collect from land is only to help me, I get to take from the garment. After all, if your father was alive, I could grab from the garment. The Gemara will tell us in just a moment. The Hidush is it's not so. The deficiency, the difficulty in, tos, in Tosafot is none of these words are in the Gemara. The difficulty, the deficiency in Rashi are the questions that Tosafot asked on him. Specifically, this is either simple because we learned it later on, or factually it's difficult to add up. Alright, that's what we have thus far in the Gemara. Much of the continued lines are a little bit more easy and, uh, uh, and uh, straightforward. Baruch Amen. Amen.